Welcome to another victory edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. As always, you can join us live over here on twitch.tv slash herloyalsons. And you can always join us in the podcast in audio form. Subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure you join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home on the internet at herloyalsons.com. With that said, I bring in Shane. Shane, how was your Thanksgiving, sir? Um, my Thanksgiving was uh, it was busy. I, I I did a little driving, you know, taking grandma places, my sister places, making sure that I was available to take people home for the night. Oh, I was the guy this year, so I was busy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I see you. You managed to add a little bit of artwork back there. Uh, is is that the 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 ladies yelling at cat meme? But it's just the cat. Did somebody? Is that a painting? This is this is a artist's rendition of what a Picasso style version of just the cat sitting at the table <laughs> would look like. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is one of my favorite little pieces. I mean, it's a 10 by 12. I got it on society and it is the shit. <laughs> that is that's great. That's so perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanksgiving was good. It's busy for me, too. Mm -hmm. uh so with that in mind we are going to do things a little bit different we aren't going to dive into every box score there's no slides again we're going to talk about the major storylines because load oh my lord there are loads there are so many different storylines we can go over and talk about lots of hilarity lots of fun Uh, but before we dive too quickly into it just a friendly reminder now that the season has concluded the regular season so sad um we do have uh, a schedule post that was up at hls uh, but just a friendly reminder, we will have the picks pod as scheduled on Wednesday. There will be no sim, no Thursday pod. We are going to take that time off uh, until we get towards what should be the camping world bowl sim. It would, unless yep. more craziness can always happen. We have some this week, so you never know. But more likely, Irish are playing in a December 28th bowl game. So we're going to do the sim right before that time. Uh, but we will be back and doing a recap instead of Sunday, though. We are going to be doing it Monday evening. So adjust your schedules accordingly. Uh, that will be the live Twitch broadcast. Of course, uh, that's where you join us at uh, twitch.tv slash Sons. If you give us a follow, you'll get the alert to remind you. And then the podcast will drop the following morning. So make sure you get those subscriptions in. But with that all being said, we got a shit ton to talk about, and very little of it will have to do with Notre Dame, because yep. Notre Dame had another one of those great, boring football games where, well, most of it was boring. The, we'll, we'll get into more details later, uh, but we're going to go conference by conference, and we're going to start with the SEC. And yeah. look, I know the Iron Bowl was the big story. I'm actually, Benny, Benny caught it right there. I'm wearing my War Irish shirt, uh, something that got a C and D as soon as it went up. But I managed to get one of the few ones that shipped out. Damn right. It is it is the image of the leprechaun, but with a tiger head to celebrate the Iron Bowl victory, as well as the Irish victory. I actually wore this uh, uh, down to the national title game when they were Auburn was playing Florida State. 
did not unfortunately work out in Auburn's favor. But anyways, all that aside, the Iron Bowl was huge. But the big story was the Egg Bowl, y'all. Yikes. <laughs> Which part of it? Because there was a lot. <laughs> Let, all right, let's 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 go down towards the end of the game. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't found out now, there was a certain penalty that caused this game to be a loss for Old Miss. Mm-hmm. However, on that drive, and this is the part that gets forgotten about. It's one of those plays that you're like, oh, that really made a dig- big difference, but I completely forgot about it. And that was the fact Ole Miss on the final drive converted a fucking fourth and 24. Yeah, bro. I mean, yeah. how and the dude was wide open. It wasn't like a Ole Miss. They absolutely. And they subbed in uh, another quarterback. Plumlee got yanked for somebody that actually had an arm, apparently. And dude just checked it downfield. I'm like, oh, well, here's a pair. I'm like, holy fuck, that dude's wide open. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I had Mississippi State in this game uh, on the ledger. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to lose this bet. I just want to see how hilarious this gets. Yeah. What the hell? And little, you're not ready. Oh, no, I was not. Because little did I know, I was going to get hilarity in the form of Ole Miss celebrating after they get what would be the game-tying touchdown as long as they kick the extra point, except fine gentleman decides to crawl on all fours like he's a dog and salute some Ole Miss celebrations of the past, which uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just dude. acted like he urinated all over Starksville. Gets yeah, the man. filthy. Dude misses the extra point, ball game, and yes, and you, I lost the bet. <laughs> I mean, he all missed the extra point. I mean, it was just everything. Okay, can I just say, like, for a second, there was also like a couple drives, maybe the earlier in the same, the last drive, uh, they 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 received a punt, and Old Miss's uh, return man forgot how punts work <laughs> yes. uh, because uh, <laughs> this fucking genius <laughs> catches the punt. And then waves off the catch. Like, I'm so sorry, everyone. I <laughs> caught it. Never mind the two Miss old, uh, Mississippi State players just, oh, fucking obliterate him. <laughs> and then he got up and was like, but I called for he it. He got up and said, what the hell, guys? I said. Oh, I lo- this game is insane. And just when you think it can't get crazier, it does. I, I love it. I-, I have to say. This is just poetry. This is what football poetry is. You know, Ole Miss does the improbable and converts the fourth and 24 they get in the end zone dumbass does the dumbass and then they miss their name is old miss ah, i love it i just i can't apparently sports crack uh, has a bunch of t-shirts that say old piss so that dude <laughs> yep had to have made some bank after that because he very wisely started throwing that back out there absolutely uh, oh my gosh it. it was just absolutely freaking hilarious and then and that final drive you had penalties left and right to give old miss additional chances I'm just yep. like Every play, like, what was it? Five plays in a row that had a penalty? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I, I knew the Egg Bowl would be insane. The reason Eddie and I didn't pick it because it was like, oh, whatever with these two teams. There's more entertaining games. But, man, the aftermath, this was the most entertaining game of the weekend as far as hilarity because I'm dying laughing in the living room. I'm watching the yep. game with my father-in-law, who he'll watch football. He was like, that was epic. I've never heard him say that. (laughs) I've never heard him use the word epic to describe something. I go in and and my wife is playing like some kind of uh, game with her sisters. And it's almost like an app, a mix of between apples and apples to apples and cards against humanity. Okay. They're cracking it up. And I'm like, no, y'all need to see this shit. Yes. 
And a room full of people that really don't care that much about college football thought it was absolutely hilarious and could not yeah. believe dude the dude did that. Yeah. As Milfi yeah. said, yeah, it was the OBJ salute. Um there, there was mean, somebody else that did it too, uh, on Ole Miss. So it's not like it was completely out of the blue, but boy did it cost them. And my favorite thing that got posted afterwards was a Russian broadcast feed where the Russian broadcasts <laughs> were so stone cold serious about it and then yep. just lost their shit when the extra they point was missed. Completely lost their shit. Like they could not believe this is what uh, this American sport has come to. And we all just got to enjoy that. We all just got to like live that. Happy fucking Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, it was like you woke up the next morning. It's like <laughs> Old Miss lost because a dude acted like he was a dog yep. urinating. Yep. Oh, yep. so great. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Iron Bowl. Let's get right to it because, whoo, buddy, oh, did boy. we ever have an absolutely epic shootout? Big uh, 12. We big, had an it, epic it, shootout, but I think more the most valuable thing that came from this game, like if we were like to treat it like ore and what we mined out of that ore was Saban Tears. Ah, oh, yes. just, mm, this, this is pure mineralized salt. Saban tears from hell's depths itself and, and it, it is delicious and it wasn't just that it happened at the end of the game so at the end of the half there's insanity that gives auburn a second back on the clock which you give auburn one second something Fuck. some shit's gonna Fuck happen up. <laughs> they drill a 50 plus yarder and oh here we go we got one war damn eagle hell yes <laughs> oh oh this is good i've been waiting to talk about this for all day all right so in there and Saban loses his shit at halftime. I mean, spiking the headset. He is screaming. There is no doubt he has lost his damn mind. Barely regains his composure for the sideline interview, but whatever. Look, that's halftime. Plenty of time for it. Saban has only lost like what three games ever when leading at the half. Well, that was until this game kept going back and forth. There were a couple of pick sixes that kept Auburn in this. So let's be very frank. Auburn got the help of some very timely turnovers. Yep. One of them was a hundred plus yard pick six, which was just oh so beautiful because it looked like Alabama was for sure going to score. And Mac Jones backing up and coming in for an injured to attack of Aloha threw the ball just slightly behind his receiver. And all of a sudden, dude just picked his pocket and ran it. It, it was sweet. And then, of course, Alabama has a chance. They have a chance to go ahead, and all they have to do is rely on their kicker, which oh. is a, a tale as old as time. Bama yeah. kickers. Dude doinks it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, elephants are not known for their kicking. I mean, it's nope. just the thing they do. Yeah, they're known for trampling you, not so much for the, their kicking ability. So Auburn now is like, holy shit, all we have to do is get a first down and we win this fucking ball game. Now, Bama has their timeouts. They have some time to get the ball back. Uh, Gary Danielson's already doing his fucking uh, Alabama math to say, well, here we go. We're going to have this. They have time to get in here and then they'll be like the number one seed in the playoffs. So as he's doing that, Alabama gets Auburn to fourth and four. So Auburn does one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I didn't realize this until somebody broke it down afterwards. So knowing that we don't want to give up a punt return like for a touchdown. So let's see if we can do something crazy to get the punt returner off the field. So they keep Bo Nix on the field. But what they do is they sub in the punter as the wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So per rule, the referee stands over the ball, gives everybody a chance to sub 
And finally on the sideline, they realize what's going on. They realize what's up. So they hurry up. They get a punt returner back out there. There's mass substitution, mass chaos. And one person who was supposed to run off did not run off. And Bo Nick starts calling and sapping for the ball and is pointing at, you need to count the players on the field. Five yard penalty for too many men on the field. Alabama loses. Fucked. Fucked. I'm sorry. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> so good. What a way to beat Nick Saban. I mean, basically put the gun with the bullet in his own hand and say, dude, all you got to do is put it right up to your temple. That's all you got to do. That's it. <laughs> and the guy goes, I don't know. I don't fucking believe you. I'll see what happens. Boom. And he just, he, he tested fate. Gus baited him into shitting himself in possibly the weirdest, most unexpected way. And that's why it worked. And we are not done with Nick Saban tears. Oh no, it gets worse. He went into the post and I wish I had time to pull an audio for this because I'm like, well, maybe this quote was out of context. No, this was 100% in context. He leads off the presser saying, well, that last punt thing, you know, that was just an unfair play. The referees really should have given us more time to adjust. So the man that brought you the no, the no huddle, hurry up offense is just plain unsafe that, you know, the offense that beat him and that he now runs brings you a new greatest hit. You should have given us more time to substitute our players because we got caught with our pants down. Nope. Sorry. That's how that works. <laughs> and it's it's genius. It, it was an absolutely genius because what, what later Gus Malzahn said he was going to do was what they were going to do was they were going to shift the uh, put the punter in motion and shift him into the backfield so he could go ahead and punt it. They were just trying to create confusion, see if something would work. It's one of those things that you end up running that seems to be a too cute type yeah. thing, but it yeah. worked to perfection against Nick fucking Saban. Nick Saban, bro. So let's play and imagine if this is BK game. Yeah. Imagine if Notre Dame has a chance to go to the playoff, but BK fucks it up because there's 12 men on the field. After you're already done crucifying them, he goes into the press conference and saying it was all bullshit because it was unfair. And no, the ref should have given us more time. Could you imagine the headlines that not just from Notre Dame folks that would be out right now? No, nope. if, if BK pulled that horse shit. I mean, he, I mean, there would be, there would be an FSU equivalent of boosters being like, how much you got, how much you got, we got to get them out, man. This is enough. We're done. Um, I just, I, I, something that doesn't, that I can't let go about this result is like, we really, we really have to let the weight of this, fall on Nick Saban. Like we really need to acknowledge this for just how fucked the context is that this lost ha- this loss happened. I mean, it was to Gus Malzahn, who at the beginning of the year perpetual just, hot seat. <laughs> yeah, he was already on the fucking hot seat like every fucking year. Uh this was Auburn of all teams. So the one the one time Alabama decided to stick its little this little cheeky ass out and be like, "Oh yeah, the probably best team we've played all year. They lost to LSU. They decided to get cheeky and talk shit about a LSU who beat the ass and about another team who they expected was not gonna, but then beat the ass. <laughs> and this was the worst way for Nick. I mean, I, this is the team that gave us the, the kick six. Like this is the, like when Nick Saban dies someday in hopefully the far distant future in his eulogy, Auburn will have to be mentioned because they single-handedly <laughs> contributed to his death multiple times. As, as well, Alabama special teams have been. 
this is insane. I'm just, I'm so, I, I love this sport sometimes. Man, rivalry fucking rules. Oh, this ruled. I mean, 48 to 45 was your final on this. The game was close. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, hell, we've held out Big 12 teams for less. So we finally have a year of playoffs yep. without fucking Alabama. Zanzbama. Oh, I, I cannot wait. I am, I am happy. Uh, going around the SEC, a couple of the headlines. Look, Georgia won easily. They beat a hapless Georgia Tech. But some storylines to keep in mind here mm. uh, for the SEC title game against LSU is George Pickens, who's freshman wide receiver. He got ejected for fighting. And when I say fighting, oh, hang on a second. We got one more from Benny. Fuck Bama. Yes. Oh. Yep. Roll Tide. Fuck you. Oh, so good. Uh, but he got, um, George Pickens, he got ejected for straight up fighting. I mean, swinging them. I mean, they were throwing blows. Yeah. So he got ejected in the second half. He is out for the first half of the SEC championship. DeAndre Swift also left this game. Smart claims he is fine for next week, but that probably means he is not at 100%. So, yeah. oh, and, and Sorry, we got but like Georgia's offense is already anemic as fuck. Uh, this is not going to help. <laughs> And the one more thing that we will mention are the fraudulent ass Aggies. Yeah, I'm just going to let you take the mic here. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, um, not, not that it was a shock that LSU was going to win and cover, but what may have been a shock was about how bad it was going to be. And look, I, I, I said it over and over, and Eddie was even trying to like walk me off the ledge because he knows I'm an Aggie fan. It's like, how are you getting this mad? I said one fucking rushing yard against Georgia. Well, congratulations. You got 72 rushing yards in this game. So good on you. The problem was you only got 169 total and uh, LSU. Hold on. Let me see here. Am I reading this right? 553 fucking yards. Mike Elko. I am so glad you fucking left. Bye. <laughs> it is so clear now. And, and there was some talk in Twitter. It's like, look, I'm not. Some people are like, I'm not saying Clark Lee was the magician here, but. Take a look at that good defense that Notre Dame had. Who was the worst position on that team? The safeties. Who was Elko coaching? Hmm, weird. Like, not saying it, just awful coincidence, and look what happened when he left. I'm like, fuck y'all. I'm going to say it. Clark Lee was the mastermind behind this. I'm glad Elko's getting paid two point whatever fucking million over in Aggieland. Jimbo's getting guaranteed money to put up bullshit like this. I know the schedule's tough. I get it. I understand. But what you're not expecting is to get fucking pants. This score was 21 to nothing in the first quarter. The score was 31 to nothing at halftime. LSU said after they beat Arkansas, they were focused on getting Aggie back after that multiple overtime craziness that ended in a fucking fight. They whipped their ass so bad, so humiliating. The Aggies make it worse by throwing three interceptions in the game. <laughs> yep. Just how in the, you're paying so much money for this bullshit. I knew I hated the hire at the time. I knew it wasn't going to get any better. Congratulations. You fucking idiots. You were driving the Aggies even further into the ground. Eventually at some point, you got to learn where your place is in the fucking SEC West. You wanted big boy football. You fucking got it. You're beating Texas in the recruiting battles. Awesome. You're losing the rest of them to LSU right now. This ain't going to help. I might. I mean, there is it possible that Texas A&M is like the let's send coaches there just to like really expose their asses. Like, hey, Kevin Selman, can you can, can we borrow you for a second? Like, listen, we, we heard you. You you got this whole shit. But like, yeah, Johnny Manziel is fine. Can you keep that going? Oh, no, you can't get the fuck out of here. Jimbo Fisher, I saw FSU. That was cool. You had you had a cool quarterback once. 
can you can you come over here to Texas A&M so we can just check one thing? And it was like they ignored the latter half of FSU where he completely checked out. And I'm sorry, this team 100% has that Jimbo checked out attitude. Because after quarter one, these fuckers tap. I'm like, I don't need to watch this anymore. I know where it's going. And that was midway in the first quarter. And I had a great time watching Bedlam. I mean, the night was boring, you know, a slate overall. But good God, fucking agate. Now, the only good part about this is that as bad as Texas is playing and as bad as Texas A&M is playing, we very well could in whatever random Texas Bowl we have, it could be Texas, Texas A&M. And that would be a hilarious end and make all this bullshit worth it. It would be worth it. If you get a shot at Texas, it would be worth it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I kind of can't help. Like I just to go back to what you said about Elko is Elko's like, he's the ex you run into a year later that no kind of went off with a a different situation that, that that they preferred and you run into them and you're like, Hey, how you doing? And they're just like, what? I'm, I'm, uh, fuck. I'm, I'm great. (laughs) Like you could just tell (laughs) things are a mess and you just, you know what? I'm, I'm just glad to see you're all right. You just keep going. Keep going with that because we're we're all right at this point. Happy to see you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook status. I just hey, just ran into so and so. They're doing great. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's go to the Big Ten. That's where some more crazy shit happened. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about Michigan, Ohio State. Let's talk about Michigan getting their full ass exposed. Well, we got one more. Right. Fuck Michigan. And that was exactly what happened to them with Ohio State. It was interesting for what, maybe a quarter and a half. And then it was very clear Ohio State was turning it on and it was freaking church. 56 to 27, your final. Jim Harbaugh is the first coach in Michigan history to start off 0-5 in this game. Never happened before. Mm. And look, it makes it. I understand it makes it all the more frustrating that we lost to them. I get it but whatever. It's always hilarious to watch them lose. It's always hilarious to watch them know that this is the most important thing. That Notre Dame with thing was a side note. Motherfuckers. That was the only highlight to the season that you had that that's it, which I mean, I, it, it felt good watching this. I mean, like we, I, we were talking about this before the show started that Michigan, you know, kept it interesting in the first quarter. Everyone's talking about like, Oh, it's 13, 14. If not for a mix a missed extra point, Things could be, we'll see, you know, like Michigan's hanging around and I'm just sitting there thinking like, what, like guys, just, just wait, just, just give it a second. Like when you look in the oven, you see a cake pan. You don't say, look, I've made cake. No, no, no. Just give it a couple minutes, <laughs> let it, it's still baking, <laughs> you know? And then halftime comes around and all of a sudden, well, first of all, they go up 21 to 13 and then three more scores show up <laughs> before Michigan even has a chance to answer. And it's like, ah, Okay, that's what happened. Never mind. We're good. The quarter by quarter scoring is a model of perfect consistency. 14 points, 14 points, 14 points, 14 points. (laughs) They just never let up on them. And and you can tell that there's part of Ohio State that is just ready and willing to make this dream higher that Michigan had turn into the worst nightmare. Like it doesn't matter what this guy does. We own your ass and we own the Big Ten, and there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. And yeah. then Harbaugh got this was a wonderful weekend for coaches to show their ass in pressers. I love it. After so he gets a question, um, and it was I, I wasn't able to hear the exact wording because I've never heard good audio of the question, just of Harbaugh's answer. Yeah, never. but the question was more or less is how do you account for the gap between Michigan and Ohio State? Like just in general, because 
not only are you losing, you're losing big to these guys a couple years in a row. Like you were, it was close at the beginning and now the gap's getting wider. Like legitimate question. Harbaugh just stares at him. It's like, no, what? I'll answer your questions, not your insults. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys, yeah. Like, look, this part, it did hurt. It's like, that wasn't an insult. It's a question. You've lost 56 to 27. How do you account for that large of a gap? Because, you know, Harbaugh obviously wasn't expecting that gap existed. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Even Vegas didn't think it was going to be a double digit loss. Me, I looked at it and said free money. Yep. But Har- and Harbaugh's like, well, they just played better than us. Played better than us today. I'd be so, like, look, man, not for nothing, but uh, steak well done. That's an insult. This is just a question. You asshole. Like we, <laughs> I, you, in what other position are you expected to, to be asked a, a question dissimilar from that? You're zero and five against this fucking team. And you, it's so bad that, you know, you have this, it's the game. It's a way of life. It's this, it's this whole, the whole season. You know, we can beat whoever. Notre Dame doesn't fucking matter. It's all about this game. I'm sorry. Did anyone else look in the fucking stands? Because I saw mostly red. Big think, empty house at the end of it. Big and then, empty yeah, house. By the end of the half, or by, by halftime, it was vacant. I mean, not big at all. It was a big empty lot. Um, I, I just, I don't see, I don't see why he, he's got this thing about him where it's just as, as if any logical question has to be framed as an attack. You know, he always has done that since the recruiting bullshit with the tree, the treehouse sleepover. He treated that as like, <laughs> why are you guys acting like I'm crazy? It's like, because you're fucking crazy. <laughs> this is the exact same thing. We're we're treating it like the question is simply, what what did you see? We're asking you as a coach, why did this shit go so badly? Can you not be objective? And instead, they have to treat it as though he's constantly under attack. Bitch, you get paid seven million. You're fine. Yeah, and it's it's also in the framing as BK realm. Remember, he got asked a similar question after he got pants by Alabama, and his response was, "Well, we we don't have the depth." To oh. which everybody responded was, well, I think the problem was the ones versus the ones, not the depth. And while BK had some hint of truth, he didn't want to throw the ones under the bus, but right. it was really clear that the ones were a hell of a lot better <laughs> on Alabama's right. side. Right. So it wasn't just a depth thing. It was, yeah, depth. But he gave an attempt to answer the question without throwing his team under the bus or without saying, I'm sorry, Ohio State kicks my ass in recruiting. I mean, don't we have kind of an onus to like read between the lines there? Like when a coach says depth, it's like the whole fucking team was not at the snuff, dude. We were fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like what else? And, and it's like, how else do you want him to answer? Like at that point, uh, but not like this. So it was great. We had Saban tears. We had Harbaugh tears. Just God. beautiful. Oh uh, also in the Big Ten, Wisconsin punched their ticket on the other side of the Big Ten championship. They yep. beat Minnesota 38 to 17. Uh, not much to say here other than the celebration with Paul Bunyan's axe was one of the most hilarious things. I love this stupid oh, petty sport so much. I think oh, it was the Wisconsin kicker that had it. I think he so. took it at midfield and he's fucking rowing and the yeah. entire team around is going row, yeah. row, row. Yeah. Mar- oh, mm, damn. <laughs> uh, right in your face. Like, uh, I, yeah, I mean, again, it's rivalry week is the best, man, because no one gives a shit. <laughs> everyone and, just wants to throw it in each other's faces it's the best and game day was here like this game fucking mattered and yeah. so the reason you're doing that rowing thing they wouldn't have done that if probably game day doesn't have an entire fucking to do about pj oh, fleck and all his ski you ma and yeah. language and everything like look i actually like pj fleck i think he's extremely hilarious i think he's, he's a really really compelling character he is he's compelling he's entertaining 
I'm not overly sold. If I would like him as my head coach, I would probably get used to the fact that he'd be our crazy guy if he came yeah, on but board. Again, the cake's not ready. It's still baking, but clearly it's going well. That's he's all right. Yeah, and it, it's going a hell of a lot better. And even in that uh, game day piece, we're talking about like first couple of years, everybody's like, "We fucked up. What did we do with this hire?" And then they they got a big win. They had a moment of belief, and it turned it around. So. Uh, Minnesota is going to be in good shape. These this team is is being pulled from the depths to damn near making the Big Ten title game. And look, even if they had made it, they were just going to be a sacrificial lamb to fucking Ohio yep. State. So just you just got to keep rolling with it. Yeah, um, at least Wisconsin's got more meat on them. Keep Ohio State busy for luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and with a Wisconsin team, so you might want to tune into the Big Ten title game to get a preview of a Notre Dame opponent next yep. season because we we <laughs> will be facing them next year. Um, one more note from the big 10 and Shane, I see you have some thoughts here on this outline. So I, I will, after I've done teeing this up, I will let you swing for the fences. So if anybody ever talks about the definition of mediocrity and if Notre Dame is settled for it, I want you to direct them to Mark D'Antonio and Ohio, not Ohio state and Michigan state who, after they beat Maryland, a very shitty Maryland team to become bowl eligible. They passed out hats, Spartan yeah. hats. They had the logo on the front. On the back, it said program win. Fuck me. Uh, they, gave okay. them, they gave them participation trophies for making bowl season. Shane, proceed. They basically televised a participation trophy ceremony for their own team. It was just, this is, okay, I hate, I fucking hate Michigan. This is well known. This has been since day one. I obviously have quite a bit of disdain for the USC's and Stanford's of the world just because California culture to me makes no fucking sense. But in terms of historical rivals that just irk me in the most just irritating, just fucking what the hell is wrong with you? Why do you enjoy being this shitty? It's Michigan State. And this is an example of steering into shameless, just we accept that our brand is tarnished garbage, whether it's just football or all athletics, because we represent ourselves as though we don't fucking care how bad we are. We just are. Go fuck yourself. That's their <laughs> brand. Okay. So first and foremost, can you just guess for a second? Okay. If you off the top of your head, what was the spread of this game at kickoff? Uh, against Maryland? Uh, I think they were probably favored somewhere close to three touchdowns. So I'll say they about 18. By 22 and a half fucking points. Oh, so more than three touchdowns. <laughs> 22 and a half fucking points. They didn't they cover either, I don't think. <laughs> they won by three. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm sure what you're thinking. Uh, you know what? Let's leave this here. Hold on. I have hated MSU ever since they planted their flag at midfield of Notre Dame Stadium. Oh, I was on the sidelines for that. I was on the sidelines for that. that Bad memory. Anyways. Proceed. Okay. So you may be thinking, okay, well, Michigan State won by three. That suggests it must have been a low-scoring game, which you'd be right. I think it was 19-16, to 16, something stupid like that. So it, it'd be easy to think, well, that, le- that means at least one part of Michigan State is still doing its job. It's defense, right? Yeah, sure, Michigan State's defense is ranked 18th in the country. Okay, that means they only gave up 16 points to, you would assume, a, a, a mediocrely or maybe average middling offense. No, my friend. No, sir. Okay, Maryland's offense is 108th in the country, okay? For for, for context, Michigan State's defense is 18th. Now, oh, well, wait a minute. Michigan State, you only scored 19 points. Surely your offense (laughs) has, you know, an easy defense situation going on. Well, Maryland's defense is absolutely 102nd in the country, sure. But the problem 
is that Michigan State's offense is 102nd in the country as well. (laughs) They are absolute shit. So even when they have a top 20 defense, you look up at their record and you see what? Six and fucking six. And you're going to tell me that this Mark D'Antonio fucking project is on the upswing? Nah, bitch. And, but they, don't let me, don't, don't ask me. They'll be the first ones to tell you we're not firing anybody. We love D'Antonio. His staff has brought us to 10 wins multiple times 45 years ago. Like they're, they're steering into the skid. And I honestly, like they deserve it. Fuck Michigan State. <laughs> that was beautiful. All right. I, I can't top that at all. Let's, yeah. let's go. Let's go on, because now for the other three sections of the Power Five, uh, a little bit less to talk about. Uh, ACC, Virginia beats Virginia Tech. They are the seventh team in seven years to win the ACC Coastal. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants it. It's beautiful. 39 to 30 was the final. I was actually surprised by this. Um, And Notre Dame, now all of a sudden that Virginia win where they absolutely smoked them in the second half. That's a nine and three team that you did that against. Oops. Oops! What? <laughs> Pretty interesting. We know some of this could work. They kept the coastal this year. They were just like whoever wins it. That you're it's through us. You're Pretty welcome. Pretty much, yes, absolutely. We're the we won the only team that won more ACC games than Notre Dame. It's fucking Clemson. Yeah, absolutely well, beautiful. Uh, but yeah, that's pointed out in the chat by the red flag. This absolutely was a contest to see who gets murdered by Clemson. The game may yep. be interesting for a quarter or so. Now, I love to be wrong. I would love for full chaos to happen. Uh, there's a murder machine there, but let's go ahead and talk about Clemson. They win easily. They mm. win by a whole lot. Uh, 38 to three and Dabo Sweeney oh, is God. on some kind of weird bullshit right now that I can't even describe. He has got the lots of people are against this type stuff. He, he is seriously convinced in his head that everybody is out to get Clemson either that or he, he believes it in his head. I guess his team is bought in. Cause like, well, South Carolina, you know, we lose them. We drop 20 spots. You know, Georgia lost to this team, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's, you know, they're trying to keep Georgia in the very next day, trying to keep us out. I'm like, who was trying to keep Clemson out? Are they like, are you this mad that you're not ranked number one as one of multiple undefeated teams in college football? Your schedule sucks, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling this Dabo as Donald Trump vibe. No fair. No fair. Nobody listens. Many have said, many yes. have said our schedule. You know, we were there last year. No Clemson. No Clemson. <laughs> it, like, it really, I, it's like he's, he's doing his own complete media is, is against us. Spin fake news. Yeah, random no one, bullshit. No it doesn't for make you, any sense. Just shut the fuck up. Everyone knows you're there. Everyone knows you're undefeated. Just shut up. You're number three. It's fine. You're going to make the playoff. The only reason you will not make the playoff is if you lose to Virginia. And if you lose to Virginia, you deserve to not make the playoff. I'm sorry. End of discussion. Yeah. The ACC, the reason the ACC being so bad is a large reason of why Notre Dame is not going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Okay. Can I just say during this game, they had a mark, a, a little graphic on the screen that said notable wins for Clemson. And the first fucking game was North Carolina. Like, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was the one they damn near lost. Now, if you want to talk about people trying to keep you out, you really want to do that discussion. Do it when you have one loss, because then you can play the disrespect angles like, well, you know, Alabama sitting there, you know, they get one loss and, you know, they're already making PowerPoints how to get them in. Now you got an argument. Now you got something to work off of that the defending champs aren't getting respect, that you had one slip up on the road. But no, man. You're doing it while you're undefeated, and it doesn't make a damn bit of sense because you've never been in danger of going outside the top four. Not fucking once. Exactly. This makes absolutely no sense. And yeah. again, 
banner fucking day for coaches showing their ass in a presser. Just I'm sorry, unbelievable. This is like- Clemson's going to show up to the to the top four with a one page resume and everybody else is going to have a booklet of shit that they got going on. Like, that's the bottom line. It's like, what are, what else have you accomplished? I mean, like, I almost lost to North Carolina. Like, you know, I didn't, though. So Which is good. <laughs> it's good that you didn't lose almost Great. lose to North Carolina. It's good. Uh, yeah. you, you need to win. You need to win your bad games. And you show me won a it. ranked team. Show me one. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're about to get a shot at it, Virginia. And oh, they'll, they'll end up kicking their ass out of the top 25. It's like, duh. <laughs> uh, but you know what the best part about this non-Alabama playoff stuff is, Shane? I don't have to cheer for Clemson to be the ones to knock off Not Alabama. I don't care ball. now. I can sit here and like, I hope you get waxed by LSU if it ends I, up working out like that. Tiger on Tiger crime this year are the good kind. Yes. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Uh, in the Big 12, uh, you got Chark largely. Um, Bedlam was interesting for bits and pieces, but OU ended up pulling away. Baylor just murdered Kansas. Yep. Um, the only fun note I have here is that in Texas's win against Texas Tech, the man that went on the mic in the Sugar Bowl, Sam Ellinger, saying, we're back, had this quote to say. Oh, no. Rome wasn't built in a day. If you had told Texas fans three years ago that we would have seven wins, and headed to a bowl game and had a chance to win eight, I think people would be pretty happy. Overall, we did a great job. One, here's another mediocrity example, folks. This wow. this is accepting mediocrity. Wow. Two, you won the fucking Sugar Bowl last year, say, dude. I was going to say, like, I'm sorry. You're fucking over those fans three years ago. Like, you you didn't tell them that the, the, the summer before that or the, the fall before that you beat fucking Georgia? You're not going to tell them that? And three, what kind of lack of self-awareness do you have about the school you play for? Are you fucking kidding me? Texas fans are happy with damn near winning eight games. Mm. Mm. What? Mac Brown got fired for less, dude. Have you heard of Austin? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's hilarious. Whatever mindset happened, like the Aggies are in fantasy land right now about where they think they need to be as a program and where they are. And then Texas is somehow shifted into the polar opposite where they actually taste the success. Like, nah, man, we were so bad. Like, we, oh, no, we yeah. all should be fucking happy that we had a chance to win eight games and we're going to go a bowl game. I hope to God that it ends up being Texas and Texas A&M in the bowl game. It will be so, because you want to, if anybody wants to see Herman squirm on a hot seat, go roll down to some random ass mid-tier bowl game and lose the fucking Aggies and watch Austin light the fuck on fire. Yep. I am here for it. Yep. No, it's like Texas, Texas, but won the sugar bowl and then came back. It was like, guys, that was, that was a really scary. Like that felt like 10 wins. I'm, I don't know about you guys. I'm going back. Like I need eight. This is, this is a lot. This is, this is the vibe they've got now. They came out with, they, they started in the top 10, right? In this, at the, at the beginning of the season, which again, preseason rankings, the perennial LOL of the football uh, season, <laughs> but they came out in the top 10 and they were all riding high. They, Again, they beat Georgia. Now, any person with a fucking brain will tell you it's because Georgia didn't give two shits about being in that bowl game. They were they wanted the playoff. But the reality is, is they at least got the win and Georgia at least tried to not lose it. Yeah. Georgia realized, oh, shit, we're going to get pants here. And then even when they realized it, they still got pants. Like, but they then just they lost come that into game. the season and then what? I mean, they, they might as well have lost to fucking Maryland again. I mean, it's the same shit. You know, <laughs> Tom Herman is yet to be Maryland. Yeah, Tom Herman, winless against Maryland. Uh, that guy, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it's 
it's unbelievable. Whatever. I mean, that was something where I'm sure Herman's like, dude, did you like think before you said that? Because that was stupid as shit. Mm-mm-mm. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I'm loving it as an avowed Texas hater and and loving the Texas is back jokes. Mm-hmm. Fucking perfect. Fucking yep. perfect. Imagine if they had lost to Kansas. What's the quote then? If you had told us we'd had a chance to, if we won six, had a chance to win seven, I think people would be pretty happy. Now, fuck, we lost to Kansas at home, but whatever, man. Baylor pants us. They used to be our whipping boy. I, no, they would be like, man, that guy, he's a tricky motherfucker. I, I didn't know what that was. He was, he was about that. Caught me <laughs> off guard. All right. Uh, shifting Pac-12 real quick. It was chalk. Ugh. Utah big. Oregon big. Boring night. The only minor entertainment was Leach getting salty. Uh, again, coach showing ass. It's dude, a theme. He got dude, salty at somebody. Oh, sorry, Washington was what six and five. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, get your shit together. Beat them when they suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have coaching news to discuss, and I, I've been flipping back and forth. At, at least as of now, I don't think Clay Helton's been fired. It's no, been an interesting not. day on that news realm because news came out, or even earlier in the week, he was basically going to be retained. He impressed leadership. Blah, blah, blah. For whatever reason, they're going to hold on to the guy. And then later, later on today, uh, sometime this afternoon, uh, in the, and this was in the SC Maven. So the thing that took over most of sports illustrated right now, Maven. Uh, yep. Gross. So it was the SC insider, Adam Maya, uh, has reported and has not yet backed down off of it. I haven't seen anything. Uh, mentioned right now that basically the rumor was that source had said he was going to be fired and then on the way back <laughs> like sports illustrated had a post by si staff to dispute the story posted by the maven who is an si conglomerate whatever the heck they're trying to do to build up the traffic or whatnot i've already said my piece about how i feel about that business strategy before with si Mm-hmm. So the byline was SI staff and they quoted Pat 40, who's a new SI employee, his tweet that his sources were telling him this was not the case. And Pete Thamel as well said that he'd spoke to multiple sources that he has at SC that it wasn't right. And people over in Southern Cal were rightfully steamed that said story broke. Okay. What a crazy clusterfuck of a news day. Like the dude could still be right. But the fact that you got multiple people saying that you don't know what side is up right now. I, I just don't know what to make of it. I, I can't even find anything definitive. Where, where is final word? I mean, do we know? No, it's uh, as of right now, like as of the last story I see uh, was of one hour ago and I don't see anything new. I'm, I'm double checking mm-hmm. the, the Google news read uh, real, right. excuse me, uh, is that. Uh, is same thing as that the, the, oh, see, the Orange County it's Register. Just said the reason they, why I say that is just social media was constant conflict. Like you said, like there was one guy coming out and then another person who was verified being like, no, I'm still waiting to hear no final word yet. No, nobody nailed it down, apparently. Right. And right now, the the other thing I, I've seen, I didn't see this earlier. Apparently, there's a report that Graham Harrell is interested in the Texas job. <laughs> what in the fuck? What? So this is. What? The new leadership is you're taking SC in such a beautiful direction right now. This is great. So, so what is likely happening here? I'm actually not really trying to run over this dude for the Maven because he Mm -hmm. probably had a source that he trusted, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, and he's getting steamrolled by this dude. Now, like I said, this guy could be absolutely correct that this could end up working out as crazy as things are at SC. 
this still could end up working out. But this dude had a source. He trusted it. He ran with it. Sometimes you get burned. You trusted him. And then the next phone call is thanks fucker. Now nobody's going to trust anything I say again. And I'm not trusting shit you say anymore. Source burnt. You're done. Absolutely. Uh, but the funniest part is that SI had to dispute one of the swords. It's like a circle of please kick, please kick. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Did you refresh? Did you refresh? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, the fact that it's being talked about that he will even be retained is odd, but is stu- I'm sorry. That's <laughs> I have to say, not that it's a bad decision per se, although it is. But that's not what my, my, my angle here is. It's that if they decide to retain Clay Helton, I feel like SC as a brand shifts into a, no, we're good. Now every coach has five years to suck dick. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> that's kind of what they're saying. Really? Before it was like a two and a hook, right? At USC, it was always like two and a hook. They were the one, they were ones of the more adamants to be like, okay, two seasons, you suck. Two, two, three at most. Yeah. yeah. But now it's four, five. Like if he stays another year, that goes to five. Yep. And then it's like you're setting up a real weird transformation, whether you realize it or not, because you're about to hire an AD and that new AD will continue the fucking trend. I don't know, man. I suggest they cut weight. I, I, I honestly have a feeling like I didn't know how much I trust the you're not allowed to hire Urban Meyer rumors. Now yeah, I, I kind of believe it's a thing because you wouldn't be wafting like this. No, no way. If it was on the table. Yeah. So you're going to get 10 million a year. Come, please. I don't give a fuck. Let's go. Let's do it. Exactly. So just absolutely crazy story right now. Um, Let's go now right now. Uh, Speaking of crazy, uh, Greg Schiano's back at Rutgers. Hope you can rug back what you did when Rutgers was in the Big E's because you're in the Big Ten now. Have fun with that conference schedule. Uh, Like people who who dated in high school and just never got their shit together and (laughs) on and off on and off and then 10 years later like i'm sorry we're finally ready <laughs> well well no the, the the funny part though it's like somebody's parents coming in it's like no you don't get it this is the best that you're gonna do because the fucking governor of new jersey got involved when these talks were dead these talks yep. were dead in the water and then all of a sudden like no you got to bring them back you have yep. to do it it's like you don't realize that you two are perfect for each other and by perfect i mean this is the best you could do just go for it so he's been hired. <laughs> I think what Irish Elvis so had for them because SC let SC let Ed Orgeron go for the insanity right now. They did. They did. I'm just. I'm so. I just feel so sorry for for Rutgers because this is this is post Patriots Greg Schiano. Like this is like a dude who's seen the light of like coasting. You know, who's seen the ways of dominance and pretty much no stress, and he's going back to Rutgers. You think? You think he's going to be fresh? You think he's going to be like charged up for a whole new wave of success at a team like Rutgers, who now plays in the fucking Big Ten, where there's no <laughs> shot at at least coasting through six wins, really, on any given season? Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy mess. Uh, so let's go through a quick rundown of people who got fired today. Yep. Matt Luke is the latest to get his walking papers. Things are going real great over at Ole Miss. If you thought the dog urination thing was the worst thing that happened, this is apparently just as bad because uh, according to Nick Suss, who is on the Ole Miss beat, he got reports that at least 10 Ole Miss players stormed out of the team meeting angry. He says he's got a story coming later, but players are really unhappy. Yeah, dude, dude got fired in no time at all. Dude, the SEC, it just means more. More walkouts. I think somebody there's a booster that was really mad about the dog pissing celebration and losing Mississippi State and said, fuck it, you're getting rid of them now. Yep. <laughs> Here's a <Yep>. check. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, Mizzou fired Barry Odom uh, a, a few days ago. Uh, Charlie Strong gets ousted out of USF. And, oof, <laughs> talk about a nosedive. I still believe he's got some. Uh, I think he's got, getting, some, he's got some conference USA shit in there. He's, he can do something in the Mountain West, maybe. I, I, I think I think even more than that, because really, Texas had a really quick hook on his ass because they wanted Herman real bad. So they were willing to go ahead and burn a bridge with him. So the combination of that vote of no confidence combined with the fact that UCF right in their backyard was in their fucking meteoric peak national championship perfection. That, that was just a situation that was not going to work out. Well, that's, that's a bad cocktail to drink right off the bat. Yep. Uh, dudes are needed at BC. Adazio got can, uh, Dude, you, where's my coach. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> uh, UTSA, Frank Wilson gone. UNLV, Tony Sanchez is gone in a game that featured, he won the, the this last game. It also fe- it featured a crazy-ass fight against Nevada because somebody from Nevada sucker-punched a QB, and then there was a huge brawl in which both ADs had to apologize and said they would investigate further. Beautiful. Well, that was the crazy, crazy look from around the nation. Trust hey, me. Hey, what about uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bob Davey there, buddy? Huh? Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, Bob Davey resigned, and Kevin Sumlin, for some reason, is being retained. I Bob do not understand. Davey. If y'all remember that weird fucking story about the fucking bushes and shit, <laughs> like, I feel like, yeah, this was probably good timing, my friend, because that was just last year and it was really fucking weird of you. So <laughs> let's just call that one a, 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 uh, a net positive for everyone. And yeah, Kevin Sumlin has a job still. So, you know, college football. I think Arizona's like, look, what else is going to happen? It's not going to get better, even though Khalil Tate getting going from Heisman favorite to whatever the fuck has happened is pretty much coaching malpractice right now. So whatever you do, you Arizona, you do you exactly. Yep. All right. Well, that is the national picture. We will actually talk Notre Dame Stanford right after this. All right, and we're back. Despite everything that went on in college football, and Lord have mercy, our national segment is usually never that long. But there is when there's that much fun to be had. It's that's what this last week gives you. And hell, when it is something like this, where Notre Dame easily dispatches Stanford, well, at least for about eh, two and a half quarters, easily forty-five to twenty-four. Your final. BK finally gets his win on the farm. Shaw gets handed his ass. Stanford goes and wallows in four and eight. Man, that that record sounds familiar. Yikes! <laughs> Notre Dame is now thirty-two and six since that aforementioned twenty sixteen season where they went four and eight. Uh, a nice turnaround for the Irish. Uh, obviously, the we're not really expecting enough craziness to happen. Again, we've talked about it. Not to get to New Year six, probably going to be camping world, but they did what they had to do, and that was win the games that are in front of you. That's yep. all you can do because it would be real stupid to lose, especially against really bad teams. And I think a lot of Irish fans for about a quarter or so thought that that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know. When, when when it was 10 to 7 it was already like man what the fuck's going on like it's not even it's not so it was so much it wasn't so much that Notre Dame's offense was a problem it's that they weren't getting on the field you know Stanford was driving their first two drives were long drawn out slow built and capped with points and Notre through Dame's, the air no less long drives through the air through the fucking air <laughs> i mean again like it was it was just one of those times where you were just sitting there thinking like 
you anyone watching really could see that Notre Dame was wasn't playing slow. They weren't missing assignments. It was just you know that kind of first quarter. Yeah, let's see what the fuck they're throwing at us. Oh, this is all different shit than what we prepared for. That's okay. This Clark Lee's just looking at him, like, okay, I'm clocking that, I'm clocking that, and I'm clocking that because at halftime I'm ending all that shit. And uh, that's what happened. So, I mean, they went up 17 to 7. And everyone I can imagine, I took the week off from Twitter, by the way. Highly recommend. Very easy going to watch. Um, and it just, I could kind of sense the universe of everyone, every fan be like, here we go. It's the farm. Can't fucking win it. Don't know why. Stanford's trash. But I'm sitting there thinking, we just watched this. We just watched Michigan. Yep. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just going to wait. It'll be fine. And then and on the Notre Dame side, we literally saw this exact same game against Boston College. Yep. The yep. exact same layout. It's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Okay, Stanford's got a lead now. This is highly concerning. And and then again, Clark Lee, it's, it's please, offense, don't make enough mistakes to keep us out of this because mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get our shit together. And they did. And when they got it together, Notre Dame started clicking. You could tell Stanford just got worn down done and and that's what happens when you're a team decimated by injuries and on top of that they made mistakes block punt muff punt there's a reason why they're four and eight folks and it's not just because of the injuries it is because they shoot themselves in the foot often as well and notre dame was just outright talent more talented than them they were more talented they had a better game plan they had better schemes advantages they just had better size i mean the depth mattered again the the block punt was isaiah motherfucking foskey like that's just depth playing because he was he's he's still going to be able to redshirt this year. They just wanted to get him some last a little bit of game time and shit. Like, I think it was, Stanford could n- absolutely not afford something equivalent to that. So of course their guys were gassed. Um, at the end of the day, you know, field position was really Stanford's massive undoing. I mean, it it, it ended with special teams, but I mean that that uh, the strip fumble for a touchdown at the end. You know, they were in their own red zone, like or in their own end zone. Like, it was just. They were out schemed and outmatched at er- at every phase. And and while I, I I'm not a fan of the slow start that Notre Dame has been off sure. to, um, look, it, there's a, there were other reasons it was happening as well. That field was in just god awful condition. I've never wanted field turf to be dropped in so bad than in the middle yeah. of that game. Yeah, I mean, look at Claypool was sitting there constantly looking down at the ground like, what the fuck did you just do? There there was a, an entire drive where Tony Jones couldn't get his feet under him. And yep. and it cost, there was multiple plays where Book, I mean, you talk about a, usually a quarterback is improving when a play breaks down and he just kind of, you know, scrambles and extends it. Now, this improv was, okay, the guy that was supposed to get the balls now has his head in the ground. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he had multiple of those plays and you could tell it was pissing people off, but the, the other benefit to that was Stanford had to play on same said field. And when it deteriorated to damn near unplayable conditions in certain parts of the field for Notre Dame, it was happening with Stanford as well. And they were not in a position to be able to make those mistakes and then make up for them. Notre Dame was able to Ian book has another four touchdown game and Tony Jones gets 50 yards. Brayden Lensing gets 48, <laughs> not in through the air on the ground. Yeah. He watching him be a threat on that sweet motion and giving it to him multiple times. Like, no, we're going to keep doing it. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then, you know, book would pull it down, go take off the other direction or be a pitch back out to Jones. Absolutely. Awesome to watch that Armstrong got three touches for 44 yards. Uh, even Sebo Flemister 
five touches, 21 yards, gets a touchdown. He seems to be like the you're pounding it in goal linebacker right now, too. Evo, word was from the, uh, I believe the Irish Illustrated podcast, Sim Priester mentioned that like the reason why he got more carries last week is because he just flat out beat out Armstrong because Blemister is just a natural running back. He's just a natural power back that doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and, and and we've been waiting for, again. This is a lot of we're we're trying to wait for some emergence in that backfield, and it's been it's been a topic of discussion all year long. Who's really going to make that next step up? Uh, Tony Jones says, you know, he, he's done decent, but he isn't the answer that we've been looking for so far. And that's not to say that he's been absolutely god awful. There just needs to be a game breaking back, or at least a back that is settled in to a definitive role like Sebo has to where he's going to be our battering ram going forward. Yeah. And look, I expect him to get a hell of a lot more touches in the bowl game as well. If Jafar can end up going back to his natural position or ish receiver, that would be a lot better, especially when you got Chris Tyree coming in as well. But I mean, this it's, it's good to see 190 yards of rushing with this team, considering yeah. the headaches that we've had before. Uh, 255 yards through the air uh, on a, a very windy day. Didn't seem to really affect Book too much. Uh, he was over, he overthrew Lindsay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, by a decent not not a decent amount, but he threw overthrew him by like five yards. I mean, it was it was a weird day in terms of the weather. You know, it started off rainy and it was expected to be like I don't know bomb cyclone side effect type shit or whatever. But frankly, I mean, it's California, so no. <laughs> I mean, it just it was a little bit wet. The field did most of the damage. I think the field was a better defense overall than Stanford was. Um, <laughs> I don't think but, that's uh, an unfair reaction either. I mean, frankly, they, it got more stops, really. I mean, especially in short yardage. But no, I mean, it, it was just an all-around good showing. And then, of course, the defense got to cap it off. I mean, at the end of the game, first of all, front door cover, which, mm, just delicious. Uh, but second of all, like, it, it just it just felt like this was the way it was supposed to come uh, to be capped off. Like, this was how it was meant, even with the scare. Of uh, Benny mentions Kyle Hamilton, the scare of like, did he did he get him in targeting? Did he lower his shoulder? It's like, no, no, he did. It's Kyle Hamilton. He's yeah, crazy. and that, I expect a written apology from the ACC officials for I the uh, defensive holding call. Our our perfect son does not commit penalty, sir. Bro, I don't care I mean, what you think you saw. Kyle Hamilton is perfect. He does yeah, not. I don't know. Penalties. I don't know. I mean, you, there must have been. <laughs> it must have been forty-one clearly because yeah, fourteen can do no wrong. Yeah, uh, and and he he was playing all over the field as well, uh, and and really it looked like Notre Dame was trying to employ uh, the SC game plan of don't get beat deep, yep. and unlike SC where they couldn't take full advantage of it, Stanford actually was able to. I mean, Mills had a pretty decent game. I mean, look at the end of the day, he became a fifty a damn near fifty uh, percent passer, you know, towards the end of it. But he ended the day 28 of 46 for 226, uh, 276 yards, excuse me, two touchdowns. Not a bad outing at all. Yeah. So he, uh, again, in the latter half of the game, he wasn't able to complete anything, did most of his damage up front. And there was just no answer because Stanford, we had mentioned before, they weren't going to be able to do it on the ground. Uh, they were able to carve Notre Dame up on some big runs early. But again, defensive God, Clark Lee. Yep. adjusts and then it's just suffocating defense until Stanford attempts to get a backdoor cover and then they promptly get strip sacked right after it by Notre Dame to say oh, nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, nope yeah it was it was a hell of a lot of fun um, yeah. mostly stress free and, and kind of like Shane uh, from somebody that was on Twitter yes the first quarter was a not fun experience on the Twitters and it's one of those things where I'm like you know what 
I could stick my neck out, but I don't want to deal with the mentions right now. Deep down, I had a feeling that it was going to end up a lot like the BC game, but I won't lie. It was irritating to, to watch that first quarter and be like, come on, guys, fucking really. Yeah. I know the field sucks. I know that, you know, look, Stanford's playing at home, you know, in front of a racist crowd full of mostly Irish fans and an announced 35,000 or 37,000. Yeah, There's Slow no down. fucking way. Yeah. Uh, but there, it just had the feeling, much like BC, of, you know, we're going to get our shit together, right? Like somewhere along the line. And that that's kind of like the opposite that I felt with Notre Dame teams. Like if you had talked to me even pre 2016, like back when things were like somewhat okay, like maybe even in 2013, right after a national title run, had this game started developing like this, I don't care if Stanford had not won a single game. I've been like, this seems fucked. I've seen this before. I know how this movie ends. Now it's wait. I've seen different endings to this movie over and over again. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to get with it. And lo and behold, they were this team. You know, it's, it's not that they don't quit. It's just that they know deep down they're better than what they put forward. And as long as they don't make a whole bunch of mistakes, they're going to get a chance to make up for it when they are the superior talented team. Yep. Yep. I mean, at this point, it it was just clear. It was just clear that this team was on, was on the path of the 10th win. Um, Stanford, I mean, again, with four wins under their belt and six kind of embarrassing losses, I mean, it was it was pretty evident that this was not going to be close. Uh, it just feels good that, that the team was able to, A, win in Palo Alto finally. So now they're no longer Palo Alto. They're Palito Chiquitico, um, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. That's just for me. Uh, <laughs> feel free to use that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but. I, it felt good to get that win. It felt really good. I don't know if you saw the post-game celebration to see, to see Brian Kelly chugging out of the fucking trophy again. I love that this is a thing now. Oh, uh, just, I mean, he's, he was, he looked like a, like when you give a five-year-old, like a cup that's too big for his face, just full of its favorite drink. He's got that big old cheek, excited <laughs> look of um, 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 <laughs> wide eyed, just staring into the ball. It was perfect. And, perfect. You, and you do consistently. The last time you did it was when you beat a top 10 Stanford team. This time when you did it, they suck, but you're still going to do it anyway. Welcome. I, I, I love that the trophies, I mean, we don't do the sideline celebrations for whatever reason. This is the next best thing to see that they're, you know, the jewel chalele is brought in after the victory. The The trophies matter and it's, it's, or at least it matters to the players. It's now, it's not just a prop that sits in a trophy case, which is how it was when I was a manager. I vividly remember I actually had to work at Stanford. This is when they clinched the BCS in 2005 with Weiss. And I remember we were in a van. I forgot we were going. I think we were um, getting things at uh, the locker room set up. If I remember correctly, I said, you know what? I've always heard that there's a trophy here. And this is back when Stanford was so awful. So it's like, so is that a thing? Is it, is it at Notre Dame? I'm like, yeah, it's there. It's like in the trophy case. We didn't bring it. I'm like, really? It's like, yeah, we don't plan on losing it. So we just don't wow. bring the fucking thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. But really, really the, the, uh, the non cocky thing was, was that Notre Dame's policy at that time was if they lose it, they would just FedEx the damn thing. If, Holy if shit. it was an away game yeah, or if it, yes. Box. So I, I like the thing. I, I want it out in the sidelines. I know I'm being very subway domer here right now. Oh, please. Uh, but I want it out in the silence so you can have the rowing the bone and the, you know, people running over to grab the trophy. It's a, a huge emotional moment in college football. Um, but I will take BK chugging from the chalice. Hell yeah. Every <laughs> it's time. great. Every time. That's no, great. 
No, I mean, look, and and when we look forward to what's coming next, it's likely going to be the Camping World Bowl and us being, I guess, kind of mad about the rankings, which it's, it's weird because I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit. I understand that the whole five straight wins, only letting them two spots in the AP is a little annoying, especially just because it seemed to be like a let's just let's just freeze Notre Dame in a spot so that there is no debate. But like. Where were they going to go? Like at best to 10? Like uh, they weren't going to go to this either of the cool bowls anyway. Yeah, it just it feels weird. I mean, specifically, if we talk about the Iron Bowl participants, Bama has not beaten a ranked team. Nope. I mean, look, this is the argument that gets used against Notre Dame all the time. It's like, well, who did you play? You yeah. and any team that was worth a damn you lost to like. Okay, Alabama and us are in the same boat. You want to rank them above us because of past you know, preference or your fucking eye test, fine. Put them 13, put us 14, whatever. If that's what you really want to do, you cannot tell me Alabama's still a top 10 team with the performances that they've had. Tua or no Tua, they have no Tua right now, so that shouldn't even be in your mind at all. Auburn? Okay, so they get, and this is the circular logic people use in the rankings, like, well, they beat a top five team, but this other top five team hasn't beat any ranked team, so we got to drop them down, but we got to keep them just high enough. And, oh, Auburn beat a top 10 team now. So then they get to catapult, not just Notre Dame, Penn State and Oregon in the rankings. Everybody, yeah. Like, Oregon makes sense. They beat Oregon. I'm not sure where the argument is for Penn State, quite frankly. Nope. So, uh, you and there's other weirdness in there. Like, look, the one loss team is fine. You can keep them all in a group. I still have no idea how Florida is number seven. Somebody might want to explain that one to me other than, well, yeah. they were just here and they didn't show their ass enough. That's I mean, the, they beat Florida state. <laughs> yeah. They beat Florida state this past week, but their biggest win is Auburn again, yeah. the circular logic. So if, and that is the only ranked team that they beat is Auburn. Uh, yes. I'm sitting here looking at the schedule. They beat Auburn. So you can say now that that's a top 10 win because well, well, at the time yeah, it was that's a top not how 10. It works. That's revisionist history, right? That's like at the time they weren't. <laughs> exactly. You know? uh, but uh, well, actually, at the time they were. Now Auburn's 11, so they still have a top 15 win. Uh, but you lost to LSU. You lost to Georgia. And here's your other wins. Let's go ahead and list them off Miami, UT Martin, Kentucky, Tennessee, Towson, the aforementioned Auburn, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Mizzou, Florida State. So nobody except for. It basically, except for Auburn. Yeah, no, exactly. Like again, look, you want to rank them above Notre Dame? Totally get it because Auburn's a better win than anything Notre Dame has. Sure. I just don't understand how th they keep catapulted this high. And typically, this would be well, you know, this is what the committee is here for. They they don't look at things right now as far as you know they're not influenced by preseason rankings. You can't tell me that right now with how the past few rankings have laid out because they haven't made a bit of fucking sense. Now we've said before that the rankings had a feel of we'll figure this shit out in a couple weeks well let's see what happens on tuesday because if it still looks similar to what it has been they've punted and they're focused on the top four 100 which look yeah. fine that's actually the bigger part of your job get that shit yeah. right and look notre dame's gonna be on the outside so i'm not overly mad i've made peace with the fact we're going to the camping world bowl uh because really the bigger problem is that the at-large bowls are the playoffs this year. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's fucked. That's yeah, why it's, it's fucked. One of those this years. Year. Yeah. And so there's just not much you can do about it. Um, 
But yeah, and, and I don't think there's going to be a chance of the citrus either with the way things have shaken out. Uh, potentially, if Minnesota... have like Oregon win or some shit. Oh, uh, no, Utah win, right? Yeah, bas- basically, a Big Ten team needs to find their way into the Orange Bowl. But since Florida is still pretty high up there, Georgia likely won't make the playoff because my, my assumption is that one of two things will happen. Georgia right now at number four. Um, the only way they will make it is if they win. And then you will have two SEC teams, and I think you will actually have things kind of standing pat. I don't think you drop LSU. If, if Georgia beats LSU, you think LSU stays in the top four? I could see it potentially happening. Potentially. Not, I wouldn't guarantee it. That would be the only scenario I see two SEC teams getting in. I worry just because Georgia has that loss to South Carolina that that would cost LSU like transitively, you know, like it should. And it's also a, this is your playing game to the playoffs. I'm, I'm very much a firm believer. If you want to do the conference championship thing, yeah, then you play it. We, we shouldn't have rematches in the playoffs. I think that's that a, would a, sound a, to me standard. then like it'd be what Ohio state. Uh, it would be Georgia probably at two. Clemson's probably going to stick at three for their win because it's just Virginia. And then four would be what? Utah, Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor, whoever comes out. Um, now, if Oregon wins, then it would Where's be Oklahoma Big 12. Then? Oklahoma. Uh, let's see. Let's go back. They were at seven. They were at six or seven. Let me go back yeah, to the last week here because I'm looking then at it the basically becomes ranks. a bottleneck of who do they want more? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, Oklahoma was seven. So they're right behind Utah in the rankings okay. right now. Um, uh, just to recap it. So basically Ohio state was one LSU two, Clemson three, Georgia four, Bama five. They will fall Utah yep. six, Oklahoma seven, Minnesota at eight will fall. Baylor will rise up a couple spots at nine. Penn state will probably rise as a beneficiary of all that. Mm-hmm. 10. Then you got Florida, Wisconsin, who will probably leapfrog a few people. Uh, Michigan, who will go down Oregon, Auburn, Notre Dame, Iowa, Memphis, Cincinnati, and so on and so forth. Okay, so basically after this week, it'll be Utah and it looks like Oklahoma will be the next two in prime position, the quote-unquote first two out. Right. Should good things play out that way, if Georgia were to somehow win, uh, that, would, that would basically push LSU, I think, back to either behind number five or behind number six in that in the, or, or right there at five at, at maybe best-case scenario. Right, and either way, I think this is not a year where – that's the basically the whole point of the exercise is I don't think two SEC teams are getting in safe nope. for that being the that's the lone scenario. Bama was the only other scenario that's gone. Yep. So because of that, you're going to get either the Pac-12 or the Big 12 in uh, into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And, and then so then at that point, because Benny's asking, well, is there any scenario Notre Dame gets in the New Year six? I don't see it because nope. as of right now, unless there is a massive shift with how the playoff committee ranks Notre Dame, I mean, there needs to be a massive shift. Mm-hmm. They basically need to leapfrog. Uh, Bama needs to take an, the only way this happens is Bama takes a nosedive, and Notre Dame leapfrogs both Penn State and Florida. I just don't see that happening. And then with probably Wisconsin too would be the other one because you need you need only one big team. You, you need they need to be the highest ranked because the Cotton Bowl they would probably need to be ranked top ten, but then you also need to be ranked higher than other potential at-large teams like a Baylor, like a Utah. So if those are some of the first ones out and they don't go to their tie-ins, then they're going to end up taking the Cotton Bowl bid, I would imagine. Uh, Now, so the Orange Bowl is the super, super outside shot, and that's basically the committee saying fuck it and dropping everybody because Notre Dame has to be ranked higher than all remaining Big Ten and SEC teams that aren't in the playoffs and in the Rose or the Sugar. 
So that's a huge, there's so much that needs to happen. So if here's your scenario of probably not going to happen. If Tuesday goes absolutely apeshit and the committee just catapults Notre Dame, which they currently sit at 16, way the fuck up in the rankings, and somehow they stay, um, because right now Auburn's above Notre Dame. I don't see how that changes. Uh, Michigan, I can see them that changing. Wisconsin, don't see that. Florida, don't see that. Penn State, don't see that. So that's really what's going on right now is there's a whole lot of people that are just not doing enough to move down. So yeah. no, it's, it's enjoy the camping world. Camping <laughs> that's what world. I'm saying. Come to Orlando. Let's all hang out. All right. Well, I think that's enough talk for now. This was yep. a hell of a lot of fun. And when we talk again on Monday, Shane, all this stuff, all this projection bullshit that we just did, will all get blown to hell. Because we will have finalized rankings on the over there. And no, Benny, the, the conference championship games is not going to trust me. It's it's not going to affect enough. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough top top ten teams playing to lose. Yeah, no, Somebody's gonna have to top ten teams are gonna win that. That's that's basically the point. Um, but anyway, we will be back Monday. We will give a you know, we'll talk about where Notre Dame lands, previews of playoffs, previews of most likely the Camping World Bowl. But until then, folks, thank you so much for joining us over here on twitch.tv slash Sons. Make sure you cop by back Wednesday night for picks of the championship games. And of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Come join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, especially with all the crazy Clay Helton news or whatever coaching stuff may come our way. Of course, you can always find us at our home at HerWillSons.com. Till next time, y'all, go Irish, beat whoever the hell we go camping with. Have a good one.